Welcome back to another episode of Chai Noon Podcast, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, of course, with me as usual is Hanuk. What's up, man? Not much, just running around with a campaign. <laughs> Trying to save the world, save England, so uh, that's good. And uh, our today's special guest is Trini Cooking with Natasha, or Natasha Cooking on YouTube. Big fan of your work, and uh, it's really great to have you on. Thank you all so much for having me. Yep, sure. So I guess just a quick background introduction, because uh, you have a lot of viewers, but I don't know if uh, our listeners are very well acquainted. We're sort of all over the States and the UK and things like that. So do you want to give us a quick background? So uh, I live in Florida. I've been living here for about 10 years, but I'm originally from Trinidad, um, central Trinidad. Yeah, I grew up there. And when I got married, I moved here. And that's when I started YouTube. Cool. So I read some of your biography and I watched some of your interviews and it seemed like uh, you were a little bit reluctant to get into the process of sharing your recipes online. First, there's your friends going on and saying, oh man, these recipes are so good. We want to get your recipes and then they want video guides and all that. So what made you finally overcome the reluctance to YouTube and trying to put your recipes online? I was reluctant because at the point in time, I was thinking I had to show myself to do a video and I was so shy and so self-conscious that I wasn't ready to put myself out there. And it was in 2005 when my cousin had mentioned it to me and I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. And then when I got married, um, friends were, would ask me again to, they would Skype me actually, video call. And I would walk them through it. And then it would be so tedious because me having my life and then having to Skype them. So <laughs> I was like, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to record it. I'm going to post it to YouTube, but I'm not going to show myself. I'm just going to do the video with my hands and see how it does. And I actually really wasn't looking for like a big set of um, views. I was really looking for the people who I shared the video with that they understood what I did, they understood the steps, and it was easy enough for them to follow and not have to call me. And it was successful. They understood what to do, and they didn't need to call me. So that in itself was exactly what I wanted. And that's when I started doing one video a week, and then I moved to two videos. If I'm in a good mood, sometimes I do a couple of videos a week. I'm yeah, like, now, now, now you have like over 500. It's become an empire, basically. But actually, I have over 900 cooking videos and over 1,200 <laughs> in total. God, you're a mad woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just love cooking so much. Sometimes I would create a recipe and be like, I can't keep this. I have to give it to them. I need to just publish it ASAP. That's a lot of dedication to cooking videos. Well, I cook for my family. So when I'm cooking for my family, I record it one time. That's a very lucky family to get so much variety of food. And what looks like really good half the time, I'm very jealous. Oh, thank you. I try to keep them, you know, give them different things because you get bored of eating the same food all the time. Do you think that's one of the beauties of Trinidadian cuisine um, is that there's just so much variety? Like if you look at the island demographics, there's people from all different parts of the region or all different parts of the world congregating in a very small region. Yes, 
definitely. You see, what happens is there's so much culture in one small island that what happens is we take different recipes and we fuse them together to create new recipes. And it's so different. And our food, our food, I think is is uh, our food in general is underrated. I think Trinidad should be up there when you talk about food. Trinidad should be up there because our street food is so good also. <laughs> no, that's amazing because I'm going to go to India soon and I want to try all the street food there because I haven't had that in a while. But uh, street food is one of our big talking points. We're huge food fans. Like I cook all the time and Hanek won like a, a baking thing. So, you know, we love talking about food. It's amazing. Yeah. There's been an episode of our show that we aren't talking about food at some point. <laughs> I mean, I was speaking to a woman in Walmart and um, she was like, what do you do? And I told her, and I gave her, I gave her my card and she's like, can I have your autograph? And she didn't even look at the channel. She said, you light up when you talk about food and you have to love something to light up and talk about it. If you're talking about something that you do and you're sad, then there's no passion. I think Trinidadian food, what I know of it, and the very little I know about it, you think that has to also relate with, I, I would want to say, like, the amount of spice, and, like, when I mean spice, like, hot peppers and the chili peppers you guys use? I think it's Scotch bonnet that's quite popular in the region. Yeah, we use the Scotch bonnet, but to be honest with you, I eat a lot of Scotch bonnet, but you don't have, the food doesn't need Scotch bonnet to be highly flavoured. You can put a very little piece but you see, so you put your salt, green seasoning is one of the main ingredients in our cooking, which is a combination of culantro. And culantro is a flat leaf, a long flat leaf with a jagged edge. It's not, it's not cilantro. So it's pronounced, oh, okay. it's pronounced culantro. It's also called um, ricao. And uh, there are a couple other Asian names. Let me see if I can remember one. I think in uh, Bangalore, it might be called Kathambri, but I might be completely wrong. I might be making that up. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll remember the name in a little bit. But you see green seasoning is a combination of that particular herb. And then you can add some celery to it, which is a Chinese celery, which is so flavorful. You put garlic, you put pimento peppers or seasoning peppers, which are not hot. They're just very flavorful, packed with tons of flavor. And then we have something called pudina or broth thyme that adds so much flavor. And I like using more of that when I cook curry. And then you put like carapule or curry leaves that adds more flavor also. And then you have your regular fine thyme. But in Trinidad, we have a different variety of the fine thyme. And you blend all of that and you make a paste and you season certain foods with it. Not everything but mostly curries and stews and stuff. And it just adds so much more flavor. You've mentioned like you have like these Chinese spices, curry leaves is something. And when you mentioned that, it made me think back home in South Africa where, you yeah. know, on the patio, my mom always used to have like a fresh plant growing curry leaves. And that's something yeah. we don't have in the UK. And I was going to say, you think that's one of the joys of being in Trinidad is always having like fresh the spices and vegetables to use in your cooking in Florida. Yes. I assume it's very similar climate as well. Yes, a very similar climate. Whatever we get in Trinidad, we also get it out here in Florida. That sounds amazing. Um, and what, 
because of the climate, what I do is I have my own little backyard garden. I'll plant the banana, I'll plant fine thyme. I have curry leaves. I have everything. Oh man! <laughs> See, like right now, it's the middle of winter for us, and or yeah. it's not—it's just the beginning of winter for us. I stare outside. There's just like this gray sort of washed out snow area and you know you're describing all these colors and leaves and things it's just like all right get me out of here i want to leave <laughs> so to the person what's your name who was asking me or telling me that you don't know much about trinidadian food but you know that they cook with a lot of habaneros or scotch bonnet yeah um, i was saying that honey yeah um the thing is right the people who love to eat spicy food would cook a lot with it but you don't have to use a lot of it for your food to be flavored. You just have to make sure and season it well. You want to put enough salt and black pepper. Um, you put your green seasoning. And then you can use like bouillon cubes, the chicken bouillon cubes to add more flavor. So you don't necessarily need the scotch bonnet. Yeah, I was going to say like when I was first learning how to cook, it was yeah. re-exploring all my spices and getting like... Ugh. Uh, in my home, we have like a spice tin, and so I like yeah. learning how to use that properly. That didn't require just using chilies and salt and pepper, and exploring all the different spices. What really like I found personally taking like my food from like like from a very like a good level to a much a more ex exceptional level, being able to get all those different flavors out. Yeah, and I think that's what you're trying to say is that you know is rather than like trying to go with strong flavors like like the scotch bonnet or just salt and pepper it's just it's using them in the correct manner and yeah again as to having that fresh garden or having fresh leaves makes a huge difference compared to having dried and powdered yes it does so since there's so many cultures in Chad uh, which culture do you think influenced you the most in terms of like the global influence was it the Chinese or is it more the Caribbean culture? Was it the Asian Indian culture? I know on your Instagram, you posted a picture of you uh, celebrating Diwali. And I know we're going to talk about this later. We're going to talk about Diwali sweets and all those sorts of things, because uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be something that will come up. But I was just interested, uh, what culture do you find the most connection with when you cook? I find the most connection with the Indian culture because, you know, growing up in an Indian home and you learn all of these things that your ancestors brought and then your mom learned it from her mom, and then she would teach it to me. But other things that I learned was in school, they wouldn't just subject you to one religion. They would mm. teach you about everything. So we were not only learning about Indian culture, we learned about the Africans, we learned about the Chinese. And when I cook, I don't only cook Indian food. I like to mix it with Creole. I like to mix it with Chinese. I, I just like to try everything um, because I don't want to subject myself to or show my viewers one thing. I want to show them all that I like. So everything that I put out there, it's things that I like that I would like other people to also fall in love with. Wow, Trinidad cooking sounds amazing. It's <laughs> just like, you know, in, in India, we have the Indian Chinese things uh, or like Gobi Manchurian or stuff like that or the spicy noodles but I can't imagine what it would be like to taste that with something like Creole food. That would be a very big, explosive flavor, I think. So one of the most popular Creole dishes would be like macaroni pie. Sometimes people do fried rice and they do it with a callaloo, which is a dashing bush or taro leaf. 
that you would make into like a soup. Sometimes it fla it's flavored with salted pigtails. Some people like to put chicken foot. One of the other popular is crab. And it's also served with rice and stew chicken. You can serve it with plain rice and stew chicken. But you eat that together, that's like a Sunday meal right there. And it's so good. Oh, man. Yeah, I love eating uh, chicken. But a lot of, um, I know, Hanuk, you're vegetarian. So what's, what's your favorite vegetarian recipe that you can teach to us? So my favorite favorite is, we call it pumpkin talcari or stewed pumpkin. And it's so flavorful. And you can have it. But if you don't want to make roti at home, you can just buy pita bread or you can buy tortillas, the Mexican tortillas, and you can eat it with that. And it's like you're sauteing garlic, onions, and no pepper. So just your garlic, your onions, and you're cooking it until it's nice and tender and golden. And then you'll add in your pumpkin or your squash. You cook that down and you add a little bit of sugar and salt to taste cook it down and mash it until it's smooth. I don't like it chunky. And then you add some roasted cumin and you mix it and you finish it like that. And then you eat that, that with good. your root and it's so good. Sounds really good. I actually eat it with rice, which people think it's weird, but I love it so much that I'll eat it with roti or rice. Because yeah, when I was looking at um some of the YouTube videos, it was the vegetable pastels that yeah. like which is like I'm thinking you for the vegetarian ones it was you use the tin foil and I think like next time I'm back in South Africa I'm gonna like spend time like using your recipe and I'm gonna find some banana leaves there and make it because yeah. that looks like something I can will be I guess what I would like to say something that I've not made before but not yeah. too complicated yes I was thinking about doing a lentil stuffed pastel for the vegetarians. Maybe I'll try to see if I can slip that in before Christmas. Oh, uh, I'll be very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something else to the cooking competition with. <laughs> yeah. So I guess um, one thing that I did want to talk about, because this is something I'll probably have a lot of exposure to next week once I go, Desserts, sweets. I noticed that Trinidad cooking, or all the sweets that you make are very Indian, like burfi and uh, all the gulab jamun and things like that. Is that sort of, I know uh, Trinidad cuisine is very like varied and different. Do you think that's the most similar cuisine to Indian style? Just the desserts and the sweets, because they're so sweet? Definitely the sweets, yeah. Um, like we would call, we, we call this raskala, which is the milk, the fried milk ball that is soaked in syrup. But in India, they call it Kulab Jamun. But that's just our, I don't know why the name changed, but that's just the way that we call it. And we call the fat karma, we would call that Kulab Jamun. Hmm. <laughs> people who are not familiar with Trinidadian cuisine or the Trini sweets, they would they would comment and you know they would be like, that's not um gulab jamun gulab jamun is the fried balls and i'll be like yes we know that uh, but for some reason in trinidad this is what it's called i don't know how the name came out i'll have to do some research on that but that's how we call it yeah i know like in britain pie is like meat stuffed and in america it's like sweet pies uh, not savory so it just changes and you know 
because we were once ruled by the British, a lot of things in Trinidad, like we wouldn't say cookies, we would say biscuits. And in England, you guys would say biscuits. We would say chips. In America, they say fries, you know? So you can tell where the, where the influence comes from. Oh, man, I'm outnumbered here. <laughs> well, it is biscuits and chips. And cookies. Cookies and tea. <laughs> <laughs> So I think one thing also I wanted to ask you is like, uh, is so you did mention that you're a kid. I was wondering if uh, that's sort of one way that you're in, uh, trying to pass on the culture. Does he really enjoy the sweets? My son, he likes it too. And I, I wouldn't say he loves it. He ch- uh, Sweets in general, even cookies and stuff, he hardly. Um, maybe when he gets older, we'll see if he changes and what he likes. But right now, he really doesn't eat a lot of candy or sweets. Oh, okay. I was just wondering because I didn't like Indian sweets growing up. Yeah, but um, talking about passing culture down, what like what I think is similar to Trinidad and in South Africa is that the language or like yeah. native Indian languages haven't passed down the generations. Oh no. But but the terms of I think religion is still very popular as far as I understand, in South Asian religions, as well as cooking. And yeah. I think maybe, like, as a viewpoint for Kieran in the US, like, you know, a lot of first generations and even some second generation Americans will speak a native language. But as time goes on, like, it's, like the affection we have for our food and what our parents bring us up on seems to stay within long generations. And you were saying, you're talking about, like, Natasha, like the sun and the sweets, but do you think that is a part of your reason of constant, like trying to cook a lot of Trinidadian food in Florida, try, making sure that your family still has that connection to home? Um, so I would say yes and no. So yes, meaning that I want him to learn our culture um, because he's going to get Americanized one way or the other when he starts school and all of this. Um, I want him to always be familiar with our culture. So we, we practice everything that we would do back home. And um, I want him to learn it. If, if he grows up and he decides, okay, um, this part is not for me, then, you know, I can't force it on him. But I want, to at least, I want him to at least know that it's there for him. And it's either he wants to, to acknowledge it and carry it on with his life when he gets married and then pass it on to his children the other part that i wanted to see which i just forgot because that's how bad my memory is uh, it's okay i lose mine all the time you're not alone here yeah like i had two things to say the yes part and then the no part i forgot the no part i don't i don't do it because i want to pass it on I do it because we miss it. We miss the culture. We miss being in Trinidad. We miss everything from Trinidad, all the foods. And the thing is, when you grow up on the foods, you crave it when you don't have it. So it's like when you go on vacation, you don't get your food, right? You get more American food. You get like continental breakfast. You don't get the things that you would regularly get at home. So when you miss it, you have no choice but to make it. So that was my answer for the no part, why I do it. I do it because we crave it, we miss it. And it's what we grew up on and we, that's what we love. So that's what we'll, we'll kind of, you know, move towards to, to, to eat. No, um, you, tell, you understand. Say, tell, 
I, I totally understand. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand as much. Mostly just because my parents, you know, I've been here forever. But Hanuk understands because he's grown up. <laughs> okay. But, but no, I understand because like my mom, like when we were in South Africa, my mom would like crave something or want us to have something. So you can go to a shop and buy something. Like we have to make everything at home. And so, yeah. like, like any Indian sweets and snacks, even though South Africa has such a deep and rich Indian culture, the one, the mm-hmm. ones that my parents grew up is different to the ones that South African Indians grew up, because my parents are East African by, you know, by birth and where they grew up for, you know, their childhood, and so when they wanted something, well, guess what? Our kitchen turned into, you know, full works, and we had to make everything and. Yeah. You know, that's something my mom does every Diwali, even now, like when yeah. mom is with us, you know, we'll have this whole kitchen works and we will learn all the recipes and we'll make all the sweets, all the snacks, yeah. because that's the things we crave and that's the things we want. And that's something I, I, I think I will continue in the future. So I totally get it. Yeah. And that leads I me think... on to my next question, though, yeah. which okay, is what do you miss the most? <laughs> What I miss the most from Trinidad is the Trinidad yes. Trini Chinese. From the time I get to Trinidad, all I can think about is Trini Chinese. And if if I'm not craving that, then I want some Trini barbecue because our barbecue is different from you know anyone else's. When when you think about barbecue outside of Trinidad, you think about smoked meats. But in Trinidad, we actually slather the meat with the barbecue sauce and you cook it until it caramelizes on the chicken or the, the lamb. Well, lamb is my favorite. And it's so good. Oh, man. <laughs> that does sound good. <laughs> as, a, a bath, as a vicious meat eater who my family has already condemned, uh, that does sound good. <laughs> it's really good. We have some really good barbecue. Right. Um, so just going back to your YouTube presence a little bit, just before like uh, we start closing this out, I want to ask you, like, uh, so far has the feedback just been like uh, much more than what you expected? Like right now you have over 100,000 subs, you had that YouTube play button sent to you, and it just seems like it's it's so cool that so many people want to learn these different recipes. How's the feedback been for you so far? So the feedback has been really good. Like everyone is loving the channel. And what I try to do is when they ask me or they request a recipe, sometimes I do it within the same week that they ask me because that's how much I try to please my viewers. Because if it were not for my viewers, I wouldn't be here today. So, you know, a big thank you to them. You do get you do get the negative sometimes, but I would say 1% negative, 99% good feedback. Um, I've been able to work with companies. I do private work for other companies that, and then I do the product reviews. And I also try to help small businesses by showcasing them so that people who may not know about them could go and support their business, whether it is local in Trinidad or local here in Florida. And when I travel or go on vacation, I've also started to highlight other food places and other destinations. So I got to ask you, have you ever been to India? I just figured I might as well ask you that. (laughs) I've never been to India, but I want to go. I just want the baby to be old enough so that he can handle a long trip. Yeah, (laughs) just get full exposure to all the culture and the sounds. 
Yeah. The closest I've been to India was we were, were actually in the Maldives. And, you know, that's just south of India. But the food, um, it was very prevalent in the resort. So when you look at the menu, there the menu was not only Indian, but there was a mixture of cultures and cuisines that was on the menu. So I was able to taste a lot of things. But the Indian food was really good. Well, I'm just thinking you don't have to wait till the baby's older because like my parents just threw me on a plane as when I was eight months old and just sent me to a new continent. <laughs> well, my baby gets a lot of trouble, so I don't want I don't want to put other passengers through. What <laughs> You're too nice. You're too nice. At a certain point, you're just like ah, whatever. The other passengers can deal with it. <laughs> it's not the only person. Let's just wait until we know he can handle it, and then we'll go. <laughs> You're very kind to the other passengers. So it sounds like you've been really busy. Like, uh, you started working on your website. That's on pause for now. Um, yeah. You have an active, active Instagram page that you are doing all sorts of product reviews and things like that. And from what I read, there was even an interview that you were working on a cookbook. Um, is that still the case? Yes. Um, so the cookbook. Like everyone would ask me, Natasha, when is your cookbook coming out? And I don't want to get a date because there's so many little things that when you go over it, you see a mistake or you see something that needs to be changed. Or like some of the pictures, I find the quality wasn't or the styling of the, the picture wasn't to where I wanted it to be. So then I had to restyle everything because as you grow, um, you learn more. And as you learn more, you learn how to put out your work like in a better way if that makes sense so if you would watch my picture from when I now started to my pictures now you would see growth and some of the pictures that I had were like old and compared to my new pictures that you saw two different types of pictures in the book and I was like no we need to have we need to have cohesion we need to have it look alike not like three different people took photos <laughs> It wants to tell a story. Yeah, so I wanna, I wanted to like with a clean slate to over all of the photos which I have been doing, and it's over three hundred pictures, and then you have to recreate each recipe so you can get the photos. So that's a lot of work by itself, and then you still have to create recipes for YouTube, and I really don't like to to duplicate recipes. If I'm duplicating it, there must be a change. There must be, if the, 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 the video is better, meaning that I've made it easier to follow or an ingredient changed or it's a twist. Yeah, so that's like two different sets of things I would have to do. And then um, the guy already designed it and he's just waiting for me to finish the photos. And then I came up with some new recipes that I want to go into the book. So that's just adding more stuff. So it, it's it's a process. It's taking some time, but I don't want to rush it. I want to know that when I put it out, I don't have any regrets or I don't have to think and say, oh, I should have done this. You know, just give myself the time to make sure I put out something. So when someone buys it, they say, they would say, yes, I got my money's worth. This is really putting a damper on all my cookbook dreams. <laughs> a lot of effort. I want it to be really good. I know nothing is ever perfect, perfect, but I want it to be done properly. I mean, with your like YouTube videos and 
the few I've seen, like I haven't, I'm not going to admit and say like I've seen all of them, but the ones I have seen, you clearly put a lot of effort into the cooking, let alone just your video production and everything else. Yeah, I but. try. I've been trying to cut back on time because a lot of people will tell me the video is too long. So I try to give them what they want, you know, just to the point, start cooking. No, like I used to lay out the ingredients and I realized that was taking up too much of time when I can just see what I'm adding and just put the ingredients and the measurements in the description box. So, you know, less time so that they can just focus on how it's made and then they'll get the ingredients after. One thing I want to know is I want to, I, from the videos, I want to make the Bayesian culture, the eggplant culture, like this weekend, <laughs> if I get the time. But... So I've got two problems. I've realized. What's that? One, one, I'm in England and therefore there's no sun. So I can't sun dry my eggplant. Oh, <laughs> you can so, put it in the oven. Yeah, so I was going to say, would you recommend putting it at like 50 degrees in the oven for an hour or so? Just Suckers. to dry out. What's the equivalent 50 degrees to Fahrenheit? It's uh, probably about like 120, 120-ish, 100, yeah, right? I don't know. 130. Yeah, that should be good, but you want to keep an eye on it just to make sure that it's not burning. And you can go in and you can make, like turn it to make sure it's drying properly. And the second thing is, is there a placement for green seasoning? Because I'm not in the UK long enough to... Or is there a way if I make green seasoning, is there if I freeze it and then come back to it in a couple of months' time because I'm not going to be around? Um, you can freeze it. Some people do freeze it for a couple of months. Um, I wouldn't go beyond three months. And, uh, and if you can't get the main ingredient, which is the bandania or culantro or ricao, as we call it, you can just substitute for some Italian parsley and some cilantro. And then you would add some Chinese parsley in there with some scallions and your garlic. And I don't know if you'll get green seasoning. Um, I don't know if you'll get seasoning peppers, but you can probably try using a jalapeno. Um, well, the one good thing about in, being in London is we, we do have a big Caribbean community, so okay. I should be able to find everything. Okay, good. So just have a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up because you've been so gracious to give you uh, so much time already. Um, I just wanted to talk about uh, another thing you said in your interview that uh, you have a lot of guys messaging you for recipe information and that sort of the culture around uh, Caribbean cuisine is changing where, you know, it's much more equal and things like that. Uh, do you really, I, is that something that you notice that's changing much more or is it still like, because uh, I think you mentioned in the interview that sexism is still there in cooking in Trinidad. Um, well, I believe like now, you see a lot of guys trying to get into the kitchen, a lot of guys. So I would say it's like, if it's not half and half exactly, it's like a quarter, three quarter. But there are more women, yes, in the kitchen because that's that's what a woman's job is, is known. The mom does all the cooking. But we've been seeing where the husbands and the dads, and even if he's a single parent, they're now starting to cook. And... If you go to like the riverside where they would cook on the river banks, you would see more guys cooking. You would see ladies cooking too and you would see guys because you really hardly used to see guys, but now 
they're really getting into the kitchen and they're really embracing the culture and cooking more. Shout out to us. <laughs> and um, one last question from me, at least, before Hanukkah comes in with his. To any aspiring uh, cooks out there, maybe who has a specific niche, because I think uh, a trade ad niche is very much underexplored, which is why you've been able to educate us so well, and, uh, something that has so much variety. Uh, but what, what's your advice to other cooking channels who might be looking to perhaps get started? So one of the big things that I've been experiencing this with newcomers is that when you start YouTube, you will not be popular right away. You have to start and you have to grow. You have to know to be persistent and consistent. You have to put out content weekly and allow your channel to grow. You have to have your Instagram and your Facebook to, to go together with your channel to help push the channel so that people who are searching on Facebook or Instagram could find you. Now, as I said, you're not going to get rich or famous overnight. And if you love what you're doing, you're going to do it and you're going to work and push yourself and build upon what you're trying to get to until you start to see success because I did not see success until two years after I started the channel. And I was not, um, I didn't give up. I had no intentions of giving up, although the channel was moving at a slow pace, but I knew what I was doing was reaching some people and eventually it would catch on and other people would find the channel. And I was right. And my channel after three years started to grow like crazy. And then it crossed 100,000 subscribers. So if you're getting into this because you want to become rich and famous, that's not the reason to do it. You have to do it because you're passionate about it and that passion will lead to success. So that's just like, just like cooking, the secret ingredient is love. Yes. I always say seasoned with love because you put so much of love into it and you, when you eat that food, you know, you taste it. All right. Well, that's it for me. Hanuk, you got any last questions? Oh, I have to ask one question about cricket because... I'm not big on sports. Well, I was going to say that like, I always like claim cricket to be my second religion. And the West oh. Indian team is... my. Uh, I support India as like, my main cricket team, but the West, I have such a soft spot for the West Indian cricket team. Yeah. And because... For me, it was, I guess, listening to my my dad and his my uncles talking about cricket. Mm. It was always about the West Indian cricket team taking on the world. Yeah, and I, I grew up like at the end of Brian Lara's career, and yeah. he was he's one of the one of the most famous Trinidad or Trinidadian residents of all time. Yes, he is. absolute hero in my mind. But I was thinking the West Indian cricket team in the 70s and 80s took on the world and like mm -hmm. completely dominated the sport. And I was wondering, do you think, maybe not in cricketing terms, but do you think that Caribbean food and cuisine is, as you're saying, is underrepresented, you think, so far, but do you think it's growing and do you think it will become like one of those great cuisines that everyone wants to try? I believe that it will. Honestly, it will. Because it's so good. And 
simple as the fact that I was watching television and this I I don't watch this particular show, but there was this show that came on and the guy said, I brought doubles and um karma. And I was like, he brought doubles and karma? Really? <laughs> and it's a perfect show. So you know what? If we can make it into an American show, I'm sure our food and our cuisine. We're going to make it very far. We're going to be on the list of places and foods that you should eat. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself, like, growing up surrounded, like, very isolated in terms of culture and diversity. When I go back home, there's actually a couple of Caribbean restaurants around my place. I'm not even joking. And in Boston, the Caribbean places always get packed during winter because it's a very hearty, very warm, soothing type of food, especially if you get the stews. Uh, and of course, the summer foods, when you get the fruit and all that, is just amazing. So like even up in New England, where it's a very homogenous population for the most part, it's growing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get there. I know it, it will. It's going to get there. Um, we have been on Food Network, Diners, Dive It, Diners, Drive In and Dive. Yeah, Guy Fieri. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's growing. And once they taste it, trust me. They're going to always want more. All right, I'll take that for next date, I guess. Say so on that, I think that's a perfect point. Like you know, always wanting more. Yeah. The point to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, thank you so much for joining us today, Natasha. Uh, thank you for having me. I hope I answered all of your questions. Oh yeah, it was amazing. Do you have anything you want to say to any viewers out there or listeners? that uh, where to find you, what you're working on in the next bit? So for the rest of the year, I have actually wrapped up filming. So, but feel free to message me. Um, I'm at Trini Cooking with Natasha on Instagram, same on Facebook and at, on Twitter, I'm at Trini Cooking 19. I always try to do new recipes, new cuisine. When I go somewhere and I taste something, I like to recreate it. Um, that's what I'm known for. I'm also known as the Barfi Queen because I'm always reinventing Barfi recipes. And feel free to message me if you want to know more about Trini food or Trini cuisine. Check out my channel. And don't be shy to just message and send me your questions. Yes, she is very responsive. She even answered to us. <laughs> That's how she's on here today. So uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Natasha. And uh, Thank you so much again. Yes. Thank you. Talk to you later, guys. Have a good one. You too. Bye. bye.